Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockoff, authors of the leadership development books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose. At Gapology, our purpose is to help leaders achieve their greatest potential. To learn more about our groundbreaking books and training services, visit our website, gapology.org. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. As a reminder, we have many options to choose from for all of your leadership development needs. We have our flagship book, Gapology, How Winning Leaders Close Performance Gaps. We have IMBAR, The Pathway of Transformation, which is a process for identity and mindset mapping to create the results that you desire. And we have Speed of Purpose, which is designed to help you clearly define your purpose. We also have a motivational book, Gapology Inspirations. We have a workbook. There's a lot of things that we have. They can all be found on our website or on Amazon.com. And tonight we continue our series on emerging leaders with tips to create accountability, something that many new leaders struggle with. So let's go ahead and get things rolling with Martinez. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? Good, Brian. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about tonight's podcast. You know, um, we had a, just for the listeners, um, Mark and I had a conversation last week. We were actually going to do this podcast last week. Um, tonight we're going to talk about accountability and, and Mark, you know, one, one of the things that you mentioned that I think is really great is, is that expectations really comes before accountability and, and even in our, you know, in the gapology model, it, it comes before it certainly. Um, but when we're looking at how to create accountability, we really need to start with, with that piece first. So I'm, I'm glad we did a, uh, a recording on that last week and kind of set the foundation. Yeah, I love that podcast last week. So hope everybody listens to that. It was really good and it sets up this one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, you want to kind of kick it off? Yeah, so accountability really does start with clear expectations. And as a leader, you own that. As an emerging leader, as a new leader, this is a big deal. This defines who you are. You can really launch your new career your leadership career by always having clear expectations. And a couple things that we look at there, keep them narrow. Uh, three to five expectations uh, are, you know, is the ideal number. Make sure that they're measurable. Um, these are not subjective things. They are, they are measurable. And that, that really is key. And then they've got to be known by everyone. They've got to be known by everyone. And again, you own that. So we love the index card exercise. So we would walk into a group that worked for us and hand them an index card and have them write down the top three expectations that we expect of them. And we would write down the top three and see if they match. And it's not a measure of that team member's competency or clarity. It's a measure of ours as a leader. So it's a big deal. So you own the fact that everyone knows what's expected. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things you said there right at the start, um, I think is super important. Emerging leaders, I don't think, have a strong identity. And maybe we do this uh, same series for IMBAR because uh, IMBAR is all about identity and mindset. So maybe we, we do that. But um, defining who you are is something that I think is critical for emerging leaders. You know, deciding right up front, choosing your identity, 
You know, what are you going to stand for? Who are you going to be? If you can get really good at setting expectations, I think uh, that really is sitting on the right path right from the start. Well, the other thing it will do is it will carry your entire career. Yeah. It's not something just for today. If you learn to get great at it and always be great at it, you'll be great in your career. It, it is total a total game changer, mm-hmm. and it is missing in many of our leaders today, and it has lost a lot of its emphasis in the remote work world. So in the Zoom world, uh, there is less accountability. So uh, to Brian's point, define yourself by, by this, and it will be of great significance to you. Yep. Ten years from now, you'll be remembering this podcast, this conversation, and and how it impacted your career. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine, you know, you're part of a group of young leaders, uh, not even necessarily young, but new leaders, uh, people emerging um, from the the ranks of individual contributors, and and you're the one who's really great at setting expectations and really great at accountability. Um, you're definitely going to be noticed uh, for sure. And I think you'll make a big impact. One of the ways to go after expectations is to um, look at what does great look like. So likely within the group, there's someone who's outperforming the rest. And you can look at the behaviors that equal those metrics and say, okay, here's what great looks like. Once you fully understand what great looks like and the metric that defines great the metrics that define great within uh, whatever it is that you do, it it helps you set expectations. Don't set the bar too low. Don't set the bar too high, but be real clear on what great looks like and then have an expectation that everyone can get to that's reasonable, but is high. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, that that's really key. We had a, we had a piece in Gapology about, if we were a high jump team and we wanted to go to the Olympics, would we set the bar lower to practice so the team would feel good about going over it? Or would we need to set it higher and then higher and then higher? And the answer was that, of course. And you're not going to make it to the Olympics and get the gold medal by putting the bar lower. But you don't want to be unreasonable as a leader either. So you want to understand what the right behavior is equal in terms of metrics. And again, once you connect with that piece, it is a game changer from a career standpoint. That's a great analogy looking at it that way. I think seeking out the behaviors that are already being delivered by your top players um, or your peers who are really you know, sailing over that bar pretty easily, you know, looking at their behaviors um, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel completely, you know, learn what works, um, figure out what those things are, set those behaviors and the results uh, as your expectations that those people are already doing. I think that's that's critical. Yeah, well said. Uh, yeah, so so let's look at the next one. So, of course, starting with setting expectations, I think that's great. Uh, so the next one is follow up, right? Yeah, follow following up is a lost art. Uh, it's it's not done well by most leaders. So you as an emerging leader can, again, define yourself by significant follow-up. There's a lot of ways to do it, but you definitely want to follow up. Uh, the first would be to have a rhythm around those expectations. 
when do you publish them? When do you talk about them? When do you get feedback on those that aren't achieving them? When do you get feedback on those that are blowing them away? Uh, have a rhythm, ideally to the week, uh, depending on how your metrics are uh, calculated. And, uh, you know, that creates the follow-up. The rhythm creates the follow-up. And uh, once the team knows that you're going to follow up on that set of metrics, those KPIs, those things that matter, it affects their behavior all week. I'll give you an example. What if they knew that every Monday they were going to present their numbers to the peer group? What if they knew that? How would that affect their behavior for the entire week leading up to that? I bet they would go after those metrics. I bet they would want that conversation to go well. I bet they would want you to be proud of what they presented. So think about that in terms of rhythm. If your rhythm is a follow-up rhythm, it can create great performance. So therefore, follow-up can be, can be of great significance. What do you think about that tactic, Brian? Yeah, I love how you're connecting rhythm to following up because I, I, I guess I hadn't connected those two before, um, but you're absolutely right. So, um, you know, we've, we've talked quite a bit about leadership rhythm and how important that is uh, just for just for the team's culture. Right. So so the team knows what to expect from you. Um, I mean, it makes it makes things a lot easier for you as a leader just to have that. So you always kind of know what you're working on and, and that type of thing. Um, but, but for the team, it, it builds that, that culture. And I think having a culture where, where you follow up with the things that you set as expectations, um, developing a rhythm around that, um, I think can be incredibly powerful. Um, you know, one where you're, you are providing that recognition for those that are, that are winning. And then, uh, you know, some coaching for those who are struggling, uh, course correction and that kind of thing. Um, I think, having that consistent rhythm is something that can really move the needle pretty quickly. Yeah. And ideally a weekly rhythm because it, it means you can move the numbers quickly. Yeah. One of the, one of the other tactics that uh, we used to use uh, running a retail chain was uh, letting those that were underperforming know that we would get together on Friday late to review how their week went and what they accomplished and what they, what they achieved from a metric standpoint with regard to the expectations. Again, by them knowing that on Friday, end of the work week for them, that we were going to review their performance, it affected their performance every day of the week. Often someone who was underperforming would step up rather significantly. If they didn't, it also became rather obvious, and those that needed to leave the team uh, left the team. So by having a rhythm to follow up, you can become incredibly effective, very knowledgeable about who's performing and who's not, and it really is a game changer. Yeah, so so thinking about, I think, looking at it in multiple ways, so um, the, that Monday uh, presentation by the top performers, um, having a rhythm built around that, you know, the creating follow-up there. 
um, does reinforce the positive behaviors and and helps to share successes and some tactics that 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 those winning people are are uh, exhibiting. Um, and then the the flip side to that, um, you know, having those dedicated times for the underperformers uh, does show it shows those people certainly that that they're important, that you're help, trying to help them grow and, and improve and that kind of thing. And, and you know, creating that sense of uh, ownership and accountability, I think that's that's critical. But it also demonstrates to the rest of the team that it, that you take it seriously, that you, you want everyone to perform. Um, so I think there's a couple of benefits there. Yeah, the other, uh, that's great. The, the, the other aspects of follow-up that, are missing and might be able to be included in, in your leadership rhythm would be to observe the team's behavior. So if you're in a business where you can observe behavior, it is a significant follow-up mechanism. So if you have been clear on the behaviors that equal the KPIs, that equal the metrics, by observing the team in action, you can see if they are actually behaving in a way to achieve the metric. That is a big deal. The other thing that you can do there is ask the team, okay, what do we expect of you? What are the behaviors that equal the metric? See what they know. But observing them, there, there's no, uh, there's really no substitute for that. And again, that's missing in the Zoom world. So you have to figure out how to recreate it. One of our uh, Gapology clients uh, does virtual visits and they have 360 cameras and it's this incredible camera system that films in circles and you can literally see the work that's being done. So you can literally, literally from a, from any distance, thousands of miles away, observe the behavior of the team, observe the accomplishments, et cetera, through photographs through a live camera system. So there's ways to go after it. If you're in a remote world, you need to figure it out. You have to connect the daily behaviors of the team with the metrics and ensure that the behaviors are in place. Once you do that, you will be the best at follow-up and your results will shine. Guaranteed. Right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, uh, you know, observing is is really validating skill where when you just ask questions, you're validating knowledge. And I think it's important that as leaders that we do both. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Yep. So let's look at the next one. Um, so the next step is keeping score. Yeah, so this one really matters. And again, somewhat of a lost art. Publish the results. Let everybody know that on Monday uh, at noon, the performance for the prior week is going to come out. It's going to have the numbers and it's going to have names next to the numbers. Wow. <laughs> think about, <Yeah. laughs> think about how that affects the entire week then. So I know that on Monday, my name will be next to a number. Huh? I bet I'm going to want that number to be good. Yeah. So that affects my behavior all week long. So you've now affected the rest of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe the weekend, mm -hmm. because I know that score is being kept 
and that I'm going to be ranked against my peer group, whatever that looks like. And a number is going to be put next to my name. Total, total game changer. Uh, I'll let you, I, I've got more to speak to here, but I'll let you speak to that, Brian, and then I'll continue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the analogy that we always give when we're talking about this in workshops is, is, you know, think about that baseball player, that professional baseball, baseball player walking up to the plate. Uh, you know, they're getting ready to take a, a big swing here and, and they're staring out at that scoreboard out in, you know, left field as they step up to the plate and, and they're seeing what their results are. You know, their name is right there. Their face is right there. Imagine if we could do the same thing, uh, you know, in all other uh, aspects of leadership where, you know, we, we attach a name to some of those results. It, it, it's not about making anyone feel bad, but it's about people understanding what they're producing, what their behaviors are producing. Um, so I, I think it, it's re really critical that we do that, that we connect the results with the people. Yeah. Wow. I could see that scoreboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a big deal. Um, mm. it, it's a, it's a game changer. Um, Peter Senge, who, uh, wrote the fifth discipline, an MIT professor talked about creating reinforcing loops. And this literally is a reinforcing loop. So when the team knows that you're going to publish the results and their name is going to be there and it's going to be ranked with a number by their name and that the results are very real and that the results reflect the behavior uh, of, the, of the team that you've identified, it changes everything and it creates a reinforcing loop. So it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy in essence, where the team performs at a different level because you as a leader have created this reinforcing loop. So you always want to look for these reinforcing loops. They exist. This is one of them. If you can make your expectations weekly, that creates great power, maybe more power and immediacy than if they're monthly. If they're quarterly, you've you've got a bigger challenge on your hand, on your hands. And if you are strictly annual, you've you've got to figure out a different way to go after it to achieve that year-end number. So learn to create these reinforcing loops. They're done with the rhythm, and uh, it's a game changer in terms of results. You can totally dominate in results once you learn this piece. Well, let's move on to our final final piece. I'll let okay. you open it up. Yeah, so the last one is transferring ownership. Yeah, so this is huge. So as a leader who achieves great results, you have to be able to transfer ownership to the team that's delivering the results, ownership for the results. They've got to own it. It's got to be theirs. So when that starts with that clarity, they know what's expected. They know the behaviors that equal those expectations. They know you're going to follow up. They know you're keeping score, but they own the number. It's got to be theirs. It's got to be achievable. One of the key tactics we've seen there is to have the people that are achieving the expectation talk about how they're doing it, share that with everyone. So the behaviors, the tactic, et cetera, that equal the number need to be shared with the entire group. That, again, puts it in, in, in their court. You're handing them the ball. It's theirs. They own it. And 
create accountability. If someone is not performing, it is a significant motivator for the team if they go away. They have to know that performance matters, and that sends a very clear message. So not everyone's going to make the team. That's just a reality. So make sure you as a leader create accountability and hold the team accountable. Not only does that mean standing ovations for those that are performing, but it does mean that those that are underperforming with significant, you know, help being given to them and they still can't make the number that they do leave the team. That is a motivating factor. When you, when you uh, interview top performers, you'll find that one of the things that they say that they want from their leader is the leadership to manage out people that aren't on board, people that aren't, you know, performing at the top level. They like to surround themselves with people that perform. So don't be scared to do it. One of the tactics that Brian and I developed with some of the work from others was the commitment ladder and it's in Gapology. And if you're ever in doubt about a given um, expectation or metric, go to the commitment ladder and put your team, each of, each of the people that are on your team, place them on the commitment ladder where they're at and you'll see what you need to do. It's, it's a great tool to help you um, create accountability and transfer ownership to the team. Sorry, Brian, it went long, but uh, what do you think? Oh no, that, yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, a couple things. So, so there's two thoughts that that occurred to me there. Um, one is I think there is a real risk with emerging leaders not letting things go. Um, so, what I mean there is. You know, when when someone is promoted from the ranks of an individual contributor into a leadership role, you know, these types of emerging leaders, oftentimes we see this so much that they 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 still try to hold on to their previous role. They still try, you know, take on all those same tasks uh, versus stepping back, providing uh, direction and support and and those kinds of things to the team to to help them now perform. Uh, at their highest level. So really letting go, um, I, I think that that's an important thing for these emerging leaders to be able to do. And transferring ownership is really what that's all about. The other thing that occurred to me, um, and I, th- I think this uh, connects back to your previous um, analogy of the pole vaulter. So, you know, we're not going to be able to raise the bar if we have people on our team that keep lowering it. You know, we try to raise it, people lower it. And and so those are the people, when we're looking at the results, when we are looking at people possibly very low on the commitment ladder, when we're looking at people not meeting uh, the expectations and they're lowering the overall bar of our team, that's when we need to really take action with them. Yeah, and you, you, you know where the bar should be because you already have people on the team that are performing and what's what's their number? What's it look like? So you already know that. So you want to connect with them. One of the things we did in Gapology is we went out and spent time with the top performers. So we understood what top performance looked like, and then we understood what the numbers look like from that top performance. So the behavior and the result. Once you know that, you know where the bar should be set. Don't lower the bar. The behaviors are likely not in place on the underperformers. 
help them help them get the behaviors in place. Total game changer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Those A team events that we did. Oh man, those were so powerful to be able to see that when you have some of your best performers all working together. Just you know, you can just feel it humming, and uh, and you can really see what those behaviors are that need to be put in place. Yeah, and most of those A team events were most helpful to us as the leaders of the group because right. we then understood the potential. Yep. We then understood how to help the underperformers get to top performance. And many times we have seen the underperformers become the top performers mm-hmm. once we as leaders stepped in and gave them what they needed. So great performance is right there for you if you implement the things we just talked about. Yep. Yep. I think this is good, Mark. I think looking at accountability uh, through the gapology lens, uh, it's different than what a lot of people think. A lot of people think accountability is just simply writing people up and, and that kind of thing. And I think merging leaders, it's it's a bit tricky for them. Oftentimes they come on too strong and they really risk alienating the team or you know breaking any sort of positive culture. Um, or they come on too weak and they risk developing, you know, uh, problems with respect and confidence and that kind of thing. So, so I think these are some great tips that can really help, uh, help these leaders. Yeah. And it's totally career impacting. Absolutely. Totally career impacting. It'll be with you decades from now. Yep. Yep. All right. Great. Well, well, this is great, Mark. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Thanks a lot. Yep. Yep. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one. You too. Yep. Bye. All right, that'll do it from here. For more information, head on over to our website, capology.org. Everyone have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a Capology Institute production. Visit us at capology.org.